Hey everyone, welcome into another episode of the Troy Farkas Show, uh, talking to you on Friday afternoon. It has been an absolutely insane week for me, especially the last 48 hours or so. I hope you guys have had a great week, that you've done done shit you love, that you've been productive at your jobs, that you've gone after it, that you've eaten good food and had some good conversations, maybe called up a friend, caught a good show, watched a good game, listened to a good podcast like this one. we got the full back catalog of the Troy Farkas Show at your disposal. Hope you're all having a great week. Thank you for tuning in. So I've been less active on the podcast, but I have been much more active on the blog side of things. I'm really, really getting into a rhythm here over on the TroyFarkshow.com. I released three blogs this week. And what I want to do for you today is I want to read one, stop down, talk about it, read one, stop down, talk about it, and do the same thing for the third one. So Uh, A lot of these are pretty work heavy. I'm really career focused right now. As I've told you, I'm at the ringer slash Spotify. And so whenever you you get into a new job, you enter with a lot of energy, a lot of motivation. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now. A a fire has been lit under my ass. I'm trying to prove to everyone that that I'm good, that I'm worthy, that they made the right decision in bringing me on board. So I've got all sorts of things that I want to share with you guys that I think as you guys navigate your jobs, your your corporate jobs, your non-corporate jobs, whatever it is that you're doing, these are, I think, really important things that uh, that you can learn from. So the first thing that uh, I want to talk to you, to, to read to you, uh, is a post I wrote that I put out on Monday called, The Most Important Work Advice You'll Ever Hear. Colin Cowherd, a well-known radio host for Fox Sports, repeats this advice often on his show. Chase good management, not good money. He issues the advice to the professional athletes he covers, but he also used it in his own life when he faced a major decision back in 2015. At the time, he hosted a popular morning radio show at ESPN, the world leader in sports coverage, which I know quite well. His show aired live right after Mike and Mike, which is widely considered the best program in sports radio history. For three hours every day, Cowherd spoke about whatever he wanted on one of the largest platforms he could possibly have. He worked with a production crew that supported his every wish that turned all of his wacky ideas into reality. And ESPN paid him a lot of money to do this. He had it good. So then why did he leave? Because he could have spent the rest of his career at ESPN collecting paychecks and enjoying even more fame. But he reached a point where he no longer connected with the people he worked for. And the company's decision-making frustrated him. And for a show that bore his name, the network refused to give him much say in the future direction of the show. So shortly before his contract ended, he surveyed the field and talked to multiple outlets. He eventually landed at Fox Sports, where he's today, where he has since enjoyed massive success. He raves now about the freedom his bosses give him, the agency he has over his own career, and the decision-making power he possesses, all things the executives at ESPN didn't necessarily grant him. And that's the key. In your life, you'll likely work for some poor leaders. They'll take credit for your good work. They'll nitpick and criticize every little thing. They'll hover over you. They'll set you up to fail. Executives will make head-scratching decisions without consulting you. The front office will be out of touch with the people working in the trenches. Professional happiness is impossible under those circumstances, even if those people pay us a lot of money. 
So when you interview for your next job, ask about the company culture. Ask about the autonomy you might have. Talk to another employee who's already there who will get real with you about what it's like to work there. All of that matters more than the number of zeros on your paycheck. Money is important, but it's not everything. Feeling trusted to make the right decisions matters more. Having support for everything you do matters more. Reliable, good-hearted, and competent people surrounding you matters more. Bosses who listen to you matter more. If you have to take less money to get those things, then so be it. It's better to smile in your Toyota than cry in your Ferrari. And that's the end of that. That final quote is one of my final uh, is one of my favorite quotes. It comes from Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, who I've talked to you about a couple of times on this show. Uh, basically, what that means is it's better to be happy. It's better to be happy making less money than killing yourself or hating a job or putting out a product that that you don't agree with or or you're being asked to do something at your job that you don't agree with or you're working for people that you don't like and you're making more money doing it. You would rather, you know. If 150000 is what you're making, but you hate your life and you hate your coworkers and you hate your job and you hate the company's motive and you hate what everything is about, you would be better off making 80000 almost you know, pretty much completely in half. You'd be better off making 80000 going to work every day, excited about what you're doing, excited about your coworkers and excited to work for the people that you work for. And I, I do believe that. I mean, w- with money, like, People think money is everything. It's not. It's who do you work for? Are you inspired by the people that you work with? Do they make you better? Do you make them better? Do you have a good time? Can you BS around? You know, do they respect your your off time? Do they respect you when you don't want to be bothered? All of that good stuff matters. And all of that stuff kind of comes from the top down. It's the top that that sets the company culture, that sets the expectations, that sets that kind of vibe. So that is important, so important, more important than money. So when you're interviewing or when you're talking to people, when you're feeling out of company, a lot of us kind of change jobs and that's becoming more and more often uh, or more and more common amongst our generation is that we're not staying at places for 10, 15, 20 years. We're going like two years here, four years there, a year there, eight months there. We're just feeling things out, especially at this time in our lives when we're very uh, experimental and we're all over the place. We don't know what we want. We don't know what we want out of a job or a city or, or an office or coworkers. We're all figuring it out. And so as you are figuring it out, keep in your mind the company that you're working for, the people that you're working for, that's more important than the money. The money will come one day. You got to work on you and the happiness first. And that will ultimately come from the vibes, the company culture that you are at. So that's number one. That came out on Monday over on the tfshow.com. If you want to read it, let's go to what I put out on Wednesday, and it is called, as I pulled up here, you don't need a fancy title to be a leader. This one's shorter. You don't need a fancy title to be a leader. You're in your position for a reason. You got here because of hard work, the right education strong parenting, and years of good decision-making. You are capable. You belong. So if something upsets you at work, or if you feel a situation could be handled better, then speak up. Take the lead, even if your job description doesn't say you can. 
You must be a person who gets things done, no matter your rank or the number on your paycheck. So talk to the right people, take some chances, send emails, be prepared, don't just whine about problems, offer real solutions instead. You can't sit around waiting for someone else to make a change. Because if you never do anything to interrupt the status quo, then who will? And how will the situation change? If you fail to speak up, if you remain complicit, then you're culpable in prolonging the problem you're complaining about. So don't be like everyone else. Don't leave actions to others. You have an incredible opportunity to leave your mark, to make your impact known, to send a powerful message to those quote unquote above you, that you are just as capable as them, that you're worthy, that you matter. And you don't need a fancy corner office to prove that. So that's the end of that. Um, you know, obviously, I'm very young in my career. Like, I've never held a seniority position or a VP position. I've never managed anyone directly. I'm just too young. I don't have the number of years of experience in order to, to get those responsibilities. But that doesn't stop me from taking charge of situations. No one cares about your career more than you do. That is the absolute first lesson that I learned. Shout out to Bubba Brendan Peregrine at ESPN, a great mentor of mine in the past. That was the first thing he said to me on the first day. No one cares about your career more than you do. I have kept that top of mind ever since. And what I take that to mean is no one else is going to go to bat for you like you can. No one else is going to get things done that you want like you can. The people with the real power, they have a bazillion things going on. They're not going to worry about the little thing that you brought up to them once. It takes you taking it into your own hands or banging their door down, telling them 50 times about it until they do it. You can't just expect other people to do things for you. You have to push. You have to you have to piss some people off in the process, which I have done. I, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of doing that doing that now. There's all sorts of things that, that I'm pushing for and, and I want to make happen. And I feel like I'm stepping on other people's toes in the process, but I know no one else is going to get things done if I don't push for it. That's just what you have to do, especially early on in your career. If you want something done, if you want a change to happen, don't just complain about it. That's another thing that we do is we complain about problems. But we don't come with solutions. That's another great thing that uh, uh, my boss, Justin, used to tell me. He said, we have problems. Listen, we know that. We want to get better, though. So you don't need to, we don't need to have a meeting for you to tell me what our problems are. That's half the battle. But tell me what our problems are. Tell me how we can fix them. And we will try to make it happen. So when you identify problems, great, identify them. But come with solutions to the people that matter or come up with your own solutions and make it just make it happen yourself. And voila, that's what you do. That's how you get better. That's how you get the people around you better. You cannot expect other people to do it for you. And you don't have to make a certain amount of money or have a certain title to do that. I believe fully. Not every company acts like this. It depends on, again, kind of on your management structure. Like I said, on that Monday blog, it depends on what kind of vibe, what kind of company vibe you are at. But I kind of view, in my opinion, everyone is equal. Strip away the titles. You all have the, the common goal of just getting the company better, making the company more money, making better products, better service, serving people, whatever it is that your company does. 
strip away the titles. You're all on one team. Put your heads together, work together, communicate, make it happen. You don't need a fancy title to do that. You don't need a fancy title to call a meeting. You don't need a fancy title to to send, you know, to take the lead on an email chain or a Slack thread or a text thread or, or a Zoom call, whatever it is. You don't need someone else to do that. Take it into your own hands. That was Wednesday's post. Let's pull up Fridays. Again, this is all over on the TroyFarkasShow.com. I'm loving this stuff. This one is called, and this is also kind of related to uh, something that I had wrote about earlier this year. I believe it was when I was in Colorado. I, I told you guys that I was working on two uh, character flaws of mine uh, that I wanted to work on. One of those was accountability. That is why I have named this one accountability is the biggest thing. And it is something that um, I'm, I have worked on a lot since then. And I think I have gotten a lot better at still working on it, but getting a lot better at it. Here we go. Our brains believe in self-preservation. It's why we don't want to go to the gym today. Wow. That's apropos for how I feel right now. It's why we can't find the courage to approach that cute girl at the coffee shop. Yep. Same. And why we want to stay inside on a cold day. Those situations present discomfort, chances for pain, or rejection. Our bodies don't like that. It's this self-preservation mode that also leads us to blame others when mistakes are made. It's natural to deflect, to mitigate our roles in any wrongdoing, to defend our reputations and our honor. But it's wrong to do so. Taking the blame, even if it's not your fault, even if it's obvious someone else screwed up, it's one of the most noble things we can do. By doing so, we empower the people around us. We earn their trust and respect. Then, the next time a similar situation occurs, they'll do their very best to ensure they don't repeat the mistake, knowing it's likely that if they do, you'll take the fall again. The truth is, none of us are perfect. We can always improve. We can always handle a situation 0.001% better. Anytime an error is made, it's very likely that we made some much smaller error along the way, something that could have prevented all of this. Maybe we didn't communicate clearly enough or think something all the way through or put others in the best position for success. By taking accountability, you'll get better for next time. And if you're better, then everyone else around you will be better too. And isn't that what all of us want? So this is something that I have gotten better at since I first wrote about it. It is something kind of, um, you know, that I identified that I really wanted to work on because it it literally is wired within, within our bodies, our brains, our, our brain chemistry to defend ourselves. When other people call us out on something, we never just say, yep, my mistake. That is never the first thought. It was like, oh, well, this person didn't do this or this person did this. Well, they didn't give me this. Well, oh, well, they didn't tell me that. That's always the first thing that comes to mind automatically every time. That is always what we think about. And so I have been trying to rewire. Again, there's so many problems that we have as, as a society right now that you, in, in order to overcome them, you have to get over what your body's, your mind, your brain, your uh, nervous system's natural tendencies are, biological tendencies. And so this is one of them because your body believes in self-preservation. This is what you had to do 
back in the old days of hunter-gatherers. You had to do everything in your power to preserve yourself. You don't like being uncomfortable. So you have to physically go out of your way to be uncomfortable. You have to physically remind yourself to take accountability. When, when someone else makes a mistake, you can somehow, somehow say that it was on you. This happens all the time in my business. Someone makes a mistake in, in podcast production. Okay, maybe I didn't communicate clearly enough to you. Like the person straight up made an error, but I somehow could have done something better. Every time you can always find one little thing that in someone else's mistake that you could have done better. So the next time that you get accused of something, of doing something wrong at work or, or just in general life, doesn't have to be in work. The next time you get accused of something, take a step back ask yourself, how could I have prevented this? Or how did I lead to this? How big or small was my role in this? What could I have done just a little bit better so that maybe this thing never would have happened? If you do that, people will gain so much respect for you. People will trust you. I know it's counterintuitive. If you own up to a, mis a mistake, especially one that wasn't yours directly, it's counterintuitive. You know, you're kind of taking the fall for something that you didn't do, right? Uh, and so that might cost you in some people's eyes. You would think. Naturally, you would think that. But really, it only it only lets you get more respect, deserve more praise from other people. And, of course, that's what you want. You want to be respected by your peers. You, you want them to, to trust you, to respect you, to give you more responsibilities. And so I think being accountable, it's a really big thing. It's something that none of us do enough. It's something that I don't do enough. It's something that I'm working on. And I, I'm definitely better than uh, in April when I think I first wrote it, but still so much ways to go. I would love to get to a place. I don't know if I ever will, because again, it's biological. I would love to get to a place where I just take the fall immediately, where I don't even have to try to convince myself to do it. So that's what I'm working on. I think you guys can work on that too. Again, all three of those posts on the I will. I've got plenty more where that came from. My mind, my creative energy is off the charts right now. I'm so pumped about it. Thank you for listening. Rate, download, subscribe to the show. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I love Spotify. I really love Spotify these days. So go check it out, thetroyfarkashow.com. Also my YouTube channel. Follow me, Troy underscore Farkas on Instagram. That's my social media platform of choice. I am off now to Cape Cod for the weekend. I used to vacation there as a child. I'm off there for the weekend. Then Boston, House of Blues, Maggie Lindemann, Madison Beer Concert, Monday night. Pumped for that. A couple days later, I'm going to Connecticut, seeing my friends. I'm going back to the 860. And then the following weekend, it's over in New York City, around UFC fights, doing some work, seeing my people. I've got all my friends, so many of my Connecticut friends now are all doing new things in new places, and I'm so excited for them because a year ago, we were all just toiling away uh, in misery in the pandemic, working from, well, some of us working from home, some of us going into the studios and under eh, not so great conditions, but I'm happy for everyone. I'm happy for you guys. I hope you guys all have a great weekend. They do something you love that, you know, you go pick some apples, that you enjoy the foliage, you do a hike, you and you enjoy the weather before it gets like really cold. Whatever it is that you do, whatever it is that makes you happy, have a cider. I love a good cider, especially Downey cider. That is my cider of choice. Or a uh, a Willie Superbrew pear hard seltzer. Fantastic. A Sam Adams. That is my uh, kind of brand name. Brand name, beer of choice, especially a nice Oktoberfest. Have a great weekend, guys. I love you. 
Have a great weekend. Talk to you soon. Live free or die.